0: Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smith's, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach a better way forward. There are 3 reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. 1, a more sophisticated intake process, 2, technology proven to enhance recovery, and 3, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. This is episode 4, season 9. Why I don't hate this disease anymore. I'll be honest with you. I'm always honest with you, but this time I'll be honest in a different way. I'm usually somewhat laid back and even-handed about alcoholism and addiction, treating them as diseases that need to be understood and managed, if that's the right word. I used to hate this disease with all my heart. My counselor, Margaret, said 28 years ago almost to this day, Bruno... If you're going to hate anything, hate the disease. Don't hate yourself, don't hate your parents, don't hate the doctors to whom you were lying anyway. Don't hate your crazy beautiful girlfriend who drank with you and did coke with you. Don't hate the system or this culture. Just hate the disease with all your heart, at least for now, until you have a better handle on what is done to you and what recovering from it has done for you. You won't hate it anymore. You will have healed just enough to understand that you didn't ask for it, that you had a genetic predisposition toward it, and many of the awful things you did can be explained by the fact that you were in an involuntary grip of the disorders called alcoholism and drug addiction, both of them, in my case. And don't be confused by the nature versus nurture debate. The inclination to alcoholism is an inherited trait. Twin studies have proven this over and over. A great description of that proof is to be found in Deborah J.'s splendid book, No More Letting Go. She also points out that geneticists claim that alcoholism is the most complicated disease to study, and that some sober people get very angry when they're told that alcoholism is a genetic disease. They think that's the same as saying that alcoholics are not responsible for their behavior, for the whole idea. A recovery is to accept responsibility for what one has done, also known as Step 9, the Amends step, if you buy any of the 12-step principles, but you don't have to because accountability is a universal value anyway, so that you can repair your life and move forward, not beat yourself up mercilessly. It was what it was. Hold yourself accountable. No excuses, big boy. Accepting responsibility is a bigger deal for the alcoholic or addict because their disease affects so many people. They start their recovery process with a list of the resentments, lies, thievery, adultery, violence, and other wrongs they committed when they were actively addicted or alcoholic. And then, with further reflection and prayer, stop. And then with further reflection and prayer, they make a list of all the people they have harmed and make direct amends whenever possible, as soon as possible. Stand up straight, look them in the eye, do not expect to be forgiven, but be grateful if they do forgive. Handle it if they call you a son of a bitch, but pay them back if you stole from them or forgot to pay them back. The good news is you get your conscience back. The bad news is you get your conscience back. But do not be a fool either. If revealing a secret affair will hurt your wife, don't you dare cause her more pain by disclosing it. That step also says, except one to do so will injure them or others. This is not for the faint of heart. Now, having heard that, do you still think this is a namby-pamby program for sissies? True recovery separates the girls from the grown women and the boys from the men. This is not for the faint-hearted. I do, however, hate what the disease did to me for quite some time. But as I healed and realized it was all about building my character, of which, I had, of which I had some to start with, I did have wonderful, normal, loving, beautiful, and joyful parents, so I had no excuse. That what started as just wanting not to drink or do drugs morphed into a deep desire to live a life of character, compassion, and love. I guess I can credit this awful disease, or rather the victory over it, one day at a time, with the transformation I've experienced over the last 28 years, and still do, moment to moment. The basic theory of every 12-step program is that addictions, including alcoholism, are essentially spiritual problems. The word alcohol only appears once in the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that's right at the beginning. We move smoothly from admitting we were powerless over alcohol or we wouldn't be here to coming around to believe that we cannot stop drinking using our own resources and that perhaps a power greater than ourselves could restore us to something resembling sanity. Have you ever heard of the concept of the operational definition? It's a very practical idea. It's something like this If it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, then it's a duck. A spiritual problem requires a spiritual solution. If our problem is fundamentally of a spiritual nature, and if we apply spiritual principles toward its solution and we get positive results, then our operational definition works quite well. Before you accuse me of being too far gone with a spiritual thing, our spiritual definition is entirely compatible with what science says about addictive disorder. This is how brilliant the co-founders, Dr. Bob Smith and Bill Wilson, really were. They stated emphatically that if you need a doctor or a psychiatrist or a priest, by all means, go get that kind of help. But tell them the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And beware of pretenders. Pretenders are those who think they have the answers but don't know a damn thing about the disease. Let's say your son Johnny has been behaving radically for quite while erratically for quite a while. And he agrees with you that maybe you should you too should go see a doctor about what may be causing his moods mood swings, his inattention, his fits of anger and depression and so forth. You need to see a true professional. If you end up seeing a doctor who has not been trained in addictive disorder as part of his or her overall medical education, the doctor or psychiatrist will treat the symptoms and prescribe an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety drug and perhaps get Johnny to talk his problem out. Johnny will probably not admit that he's an addict or an alcoholic at that point. If you go see an AODA, alcohol or drug addiction specialist, that specialist is trained to ask the right questions to help determine if Johnny is a budding addict and or alcoholic. Mom may not like to hear it, and she may actively deny it. She may may not have been the person to suggest seeing an addiction specialist to begin with. That may have been a referral by a savvy doctor who knows just enough to have her seek a more expert opinion. Or a friend or a relative may see things mom doesn't want to see and suggest professional help for both herself and for her Johnny. There is no such thing as a cure and restoration of one's faculties to anything resembling normalcy takes a long, long time. Some addicts come from such incredibly dysfunctional families. They have to actively acquire social skills they never had. They have to stop talking in vulgar ways. They have to learn about boundaries, and they have to join Alan anon to learn about codependency. Some like to blame their addiction on the abuse they suffered as children or on the fact that alcohol and marijuana were all over the house and no one cared if they drank beer or smoked dope. Drinking and doing drugs to escape. The hard part of all of this is we used alcohol and drugs to escape reality no matter what the reality was. The average age at which Americans begin drinking is 12. By age 15, they are drinking on a regular basis, rich or poor, black or brown or white. I was a regular beer drinker by the time I was 16. But that routine was interrupted by my attending a boarding school where beer was harder but not impossible to come by. Ultimately, what we learn is that it really does not matter how you got here, period. You're here now, and this is what we can teach you. The founders of AA, they knew their stuff. They understood that alcoholics are a defiant lot. They realized that we can't preach to them or talk down to them. The approach was one of storytelling, one of the most powerful narrative devices known to man, perhaps the most powerful. They framed the first critical 164 pages of the book Alcoholics Anonymous in the following manner: This is what we were like, desperate and hopeless. Then we got together to quit drinking and started living a good life. Would you care to join us? You might notice that each of the 12 steps is written in the past tense as if to say, this is what we did to heal our lives. Everything is a we, a clear implication that the we is a fellowship that meets regularly to share and support each other. Yes, I myself suffered the damage caused by my excessive drinking and drug use. Opiates and marijuana and vodka and beer was my drug of choice cocktail, and I did it over and over and over for years and years. I was fired from three great jobs over a nine-year period, great jobs where I put my best foot forward for a while, But the disease caught up to me to the point where I had become catatonic, that is, frozen, incapacitated on the job. They should have fired me a year earlier. The same week I got fired from my last job in July of 1993, I entered treatment. And they were amazed at the quantity and variety of chemicals that I had poured into my brain. Some of the doctors thought I might not recover at all, remain in a frozen, semi-autistic state. So this is desperation, a blessing in disguise. But I was so desperate to heal from this disorder that had me so sick, so insane with OCD, depression, panic disorder, massive anxiety, and suspected dissociative personality disorder, looking over the edge into hell below every morning, not having the guts to even think about blowing my brains out. I was so desperate that I made a supremely conscious decision the moment my head cleared about a week into treatment that I would go to any length to get and stay sober. Sometimes I'd play the video of what it was like just to get an emotional taste of what it was like to feel the way I felt every waking moment of every day all day. Yes, I did hate this disease, and now you know why. But having sweet victory over it one day at a time And being able to creatively and energetically help another human being suffering from this despicable disorder is really blessed payback. Which is why I do what I do. I try to carry the message of truth and hope to those who still suffer, and needlessly so. So there is always help. There is aa.org. There is ca.org. There is na.org. And there is alanon.org. And that's al-anon.org. What we learned in this personal essay is the following. One, it really does not matter how you get into recovery so long as you get started. Two, families can be misled if they seek advice about addiction or alcoholism from one who is not trained in the disorder. Three, desperation is a gift if you look at it the right way, and that is it becomes a supreme motivator never to go back there ever again. Four, the beauty of AA and other 12-step programs is that they do not preach to you. They deploy the time-honored approach of storytelling to gently guide you into a better, saner life. Our podcast is sponsored by safehouserehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com.